Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. have a plan for your life you've set goals you know where you want to go congratulations on finding star style be the star you are our vibrant hosts passion purpose and possibility producer cynthia bryan and her energetic daughter healthy living specialist heather Brittany, share the best roads fastest detours and successful strategies for a life worth living Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to our playground, Star Style, be the star you are. I'm your host, Cynthia Bryan, with my and co-host. And and we are here with you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And we have a terrific show for you today because we're going to be talking about the upcoming Screen Actors Guild Awards, the Golden Globes. And we have a very special guest in our second and third segment, Simon Vance, who is an acclaimed narrator for more than 700 audiobooks as well as an actor. So you're going to find out what's the voice behind all of those books. So we hope to have you uh, enjoying a great conversation with us. Today's Miracle Moment is brought to you by Be The Star You Are's Charity's 10th Annual Essay Contest. There are only two more days to enter, so get your entry in by going to Star Style Radio. Click on Events. And this Miracle Moment is, it is a common experience that a problem difficult at night is resolved in the morning after the Committee of Sleep has worked on it. And guess who that is? John Steinbeck. I love that because, Heather, I don't know about you, but sometimes I go to bed at night and I just feel like there are so many challenges. And I think, how am I going to get through it all? And then somehow you go to bed and I guess those little angels or fairies or whatever it is come in through the middle of the night and uh, it's all good. It all works out. <laughs> so I thought that was a really, a really good um 
a, a good one for us for today. So, the 2014 Screen Actors Guild Awards. It is the 20th um, Screen Actors Guild Awards, and they're coming up this weekend, and everyone is going to be able to watch them. And, of course, Heather and I are getting to vote on them. And so that has been, that's really fun. Did you watch the Golden Globes at all, Heather? I watched bits and pieces of it. And, you know, and I've seen all the, the highlights of since after. And, and as we know, um, gosh, you know, it's, it's quote-unquote award season now. And uh, everything's, you know, really leading up to um, the Academy Awards. But throughout the years, you know, there's been more of the things that the Golden, first the Golden Globes, and then in, um, it is the SAG Awards, and then following that, it will be the Academy Awards. So. Yeah, exactly. Well, and also there was the People's Choice Awards, oh, too. Exactly, and, exactly. Right, exactly. and actually, t- tomorrow they're going to be announcing the Academy Awards and um, uh, the nominees. And, of course, you can't help but wonder, um, you can't help but wonder if, that, you know, when you find out that the Golden Globes, that these are the ones who won, if it affects the Academy in any way, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know if that happens yeah. or not. But uh, let's talk about it. Let's just talk quickly about the um, the Golden Globes because that happened this past weekend on Sunday. And, you know, I this year, I am really proud to say that I have watched every single um, movie that was up for an award. And so I really feel confident, you know, this year that I am able to, um, you know, to, to participate. So, mm-hmm. what about you? Of all, so of all the awards that were nominated for the Golden Globes or for the Screen Actors Award? Well, either, either or. Uh, you know, interesting enough, I have not seen everything yet. Um, but in relation to, you know, what's similar with the Golden Globes and SAG is um, some of the categories that um, the Academy Awards is just for uh, the, the cinema, for film. While the Golden Globes, as well as the SAG Awards, um, do have some of uh, the television series in it. So um, I'm up with all the television series and the mini series, um, but I still have not seen all of the uh, uh, nominated films. Even though we do, you know, have access to all of them, just the deadline, you know, approaching, and um, and I just know the things that stood out with with me the most. Um, but regarding, you know, the certain aspects for the Golden Globes. Um, for television, I've seen everything, almost all of the films. Well, let's talk about the Screen Actors Guild Award um, and the 2014 nominees because, uh, again, that's what's coming up this weekend, and people are going to be able to watch the awards. Uh, they are going to be on TNT and TBS. They start Saturday, January 18th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and then there'll be an encore uh, presentation on TNT at 10 p.m. ET, 7 p.m. Pacific, and of course you'll be able also to stream it. But um, for motion pictures, they they do it a little differently than the Academy Awards because they have a outstanding performance by a cast in a motion picture. And the ones nominated were 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle, August Osage County, Dallas Buyers Club, and D. Uh, Lee Daniels, The Butler. 
And with the exception of August Osage County, which I thought was an absolutely horrible movie. The play is good. The movie was horrible. Even though what's amazing about that movie is it stars some of the absolute, um, uh, some of the, the biggest, you know, the biggest stars. Meryl Streep is in it and Julia Roberts and all of that. Some, uh, anyway. Which kind of shows something, too. You know, I think oftentimes sometimes what we see is, um, you know, amazing actors, you know, can make, I don't want to say a, a terrible film, but not, you know, that, that doesn't mean anything. Or sometimes people, you know, you feel sometimes people are, are nominated or win just because they're sometimes at the end of their career that people feel, oh, you know, actor X has been nominated so many times or, you know, they're, they're 85 now, they're, this is their last chance. Or almost that, you know, as you were saying, at Meryl Streep, I actually, I, you know, we have it here at the house. I, I'll probably right after this, the show uh, watch it just because um, the negative feedback of her is that, you know, it's based off a play and that the play, has, you know, is older and, and it's received, you know, so much acclaim. Um, what, you know, via you and other people who, who watch this film said, I don't know how it's even nominated, you know, as a comedy or even as a black comedy, a dark comedy. I um, agree with you. I didn't not. see how you know, it was, there was even nominated. So moments. Um, you know, I'm a person that I watch, when I watch something, I watch it start to finish. And this mm-hmm. was one of those movies I could not even finish. I couldn't finish. I actually turned it off halfway through and I thought, that's enough. I'm not going to waste my time. But anyway, um, let's talk about what you voted for because I'll tell you what my, I thought, uh, with the sec- exception of August Osage County, which I hated, I thought the 12 Years a Slave, American Hustle, Dallas Buyers Club, and Lee Daniels, the butler, were phenomenal. But my choice, what I voted for, was 12 Years a Slave. What about you? For, for best film? Oh, yeah, best film. Best film, 12 Years a Slave. For me, I, I personally said uh, Dallas Buyers Club. I was so affected by that. It made me feel as though um, Philadelphia, you know, you know, as you remember right, that. Right, right. Um, which, you know, it's, it's the, it, the thing that really stood out for me is, one, the story, and it's based on true story, and it was so well acted, you know, just so amazing. Um, but, oh, well, you know, there's the transformation that these actors went, went through that um, both, you know, Matthew McConaughey and Jared Leto uh, lost, you know, I think 45 or 50 pounds, and on a man, you know, becoming these, these men that are, you know, 6'2 or taller um, and only weighing in at, you know, maybe 110, 125. It was physically, you know, painful, but they showing the portrayal of it to really be um, men that are dying of, of AIDS. Um, and it just made me think so much of within the film of with Philadelphia, how it was an amazing story uh, based on a true story and also how at that time um, Tom Hanks went through that physical transformation to be, right. you know, honest to the character, to... You know, and, uh, and which really shows, you know, if it was a, you know, the Matthew McConaughey, which we, which we know of, you know, is this hunky, you know, or, you know, the, um, Magic Mike kind of star of it. Uh, if you would see that, you wouldn't, it, I don't think it would really be honest to show that someone who's, who's physically going through that, and especially someone who was going through that, um, in the 80s when, you know, it was just sort of coming out that there wasn't the treatments and, um, the medicines available to people right now. Um, that it was so, you know, it's so much further uh, along that people were being diagnosed or, or, or receiving any kind of treatment. 
Um, so but, I was just You know, blown that away. gets me to so the next acting. thing, though, is outstanding performance by a male actor. Because I will tell you, in that category, again, although every single one of the, the men who were nominated, Bruce Dern, Chiwetel, I can't even pronounce his name, who, uh, Chiwetel Eliafor, who played Solomon Northrop in 12 Years a Slave, Tom Hanks, Matthew McConaughey, Forrest Whitaker. I voted for Matthew McConaughey because I thought that he was... He made such a transformation, was so incredibly outstanding, you know, um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that, that was just, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was amazing. So, um, I, I, obviously, you probably voted for Matthew, too, as best actor. I did. I did. And, you know, and again, there is so, um, I think, you know what, sometimes it's hard. There's so many, you know, phenomenal uh, actors. And, it, you know, really, got, so, so one thing that people, if we might not have addressed, um, is who votes on those things. As you know, the, the People's Choice Award, I feel like, is a very new kind of award that's, you know, saying that people, um, the Academy Award is a very, you know, distinct, uh, people within the nominee. It's same the, the Golden Globes is the foreign press. And so, you know, a lot of times things, you know, win that, you know, people had no ideas about or anything. But the screen actors go, it's actors voting on actors. It's, it's all of, um, the television, film, Radio, it's actors voting for actors. So it's people, you know, within your own craft, uh, voting for each other. So and that's what makes it so special because it's peers, you know, it's, it's exactly peers. It's being nominated by your, your peers. And, and I think, um, that's a very different thing that people, um, in this industry view things, uh, very different or, or are so impressed by an actor's skill or a director or a film as an ensemble. Um, so it isn't quite, you know, anything, any awards is always an honor to win or nominate. But I think what's so special about um, the SAG Awards is, again, that it is your peers. It's it's not um, based on the sales of a movie or the, the press it received or, you know, this, this uh, very close alliance of people. It's based on all, you know, your fellow actors that uh, I think it's a big thing, you know, for an actor to saying that, um you know, within your craft, that other actors believe you, you know, this year to be the best director, to be the well, best actor. Well, let's go to, uh, you know, I agree with you. Let's go to the outstanding performance by a female actor in a leading role because I think what was so exciting about this, um, the Screen Actors Guild Awards this year or the, the entire awards era, these next couple of months of awards that we're doing is how amazing every film and every actor is. So if for female, it was Kate Blanchett in Blue Jasmine, Sandra Bullock in Gravity, Judy Dench in Philomena, Meryl Streep, August Oceans County, and Emma Thompson in Saving Mr. Banks. Um, and as Which much is, as... Just seeing those names in paper, I mean, that is an, an amazing oh, um, I know. list of actors. It's a huge lineup. Amazing. Yeah, it's a huge lineup. But... Just for um, for me, you know, for me, it was a real tie between Judy Dench and Kate Blanchett. And there yeah. was a part of me that I want to vote for Kate Blanchett because I actually worked in Blue Jasmine. So it's always fun. I've worked, I've had the privilege of working in several Academy Award winning movies and SAG Award winning movies and Golden Globe Award winning movies. And, you know, working with Woody Allen was really fun. And, and I thought she did a super job. But I have to tell you, when I saw Philomena, Judy Dench blew it out of the ballpark. And so my vote went to Judy Dench. How about you? And so, you know, it was hard for me to because I just recently watched Solomina and I thought it was a beautiful story. You know, sad but beautiful. 
And again, I mean, Lady Dame, um, just such a phenomenal, you know, actress. And uh, but I did, you know, it was interesting that you said that that was what your your kind of your your tie was. I did go with Kate Blanchett. Um, well, and I think yeah. she's going to be. She's going to probably sweep it. She did get it for the um, as Matthew did at the Golden Globes. They both won. Now, going to an actor in a male supporting role. I know that you uh, com- were a hundred percent Jared Leto, but I, I for, understand. You know, you would say. So I don't have to cut well, who you who you voted for. Well, I was going to vote for Jared Leto, and I thought he did a brilliant, brilliant job, and he did win Golden Globes, and I am sure that, um, you know, he'll probably win at the SAG Awards, too. However, you know, especially since I've been an acting coach for so many years, I, again, was blown out of the water by Barkid Abdi, who played Muse in Captain Phillips. This is a Somali's young man who has never been in a film as far as I know. Exactly. This was his very This was his first his debut as actor. And he made me believe so much that he was a pirate. I was scared to death. And I thought anybody who can do that, um, they have to get my vote. So I really I went with him. Although, as again with all these great people in it, you know, it was it was amazing. Well, you know, guess what, Heather? We are out of time, oh my and gosh. We barely I know, as always, <laughs> we didn't even get to go you know go through this. But I want to encourage everyone to tune in to the Screen Actors Guild Awards. It is going to be the twentieth year that this has been happening, and I've been voting since day one, and and actually Heather has been on the committee to choose the award so it's been really exciting they will be simulcast live coast to coast on TNT and TBS this coming Saturday January 18th at 8pm Eastern 5pm Pacific and it'll be a really wonderful presentation and um, we'll talk more at another time about what our votes are but coming right up is going to be Simon Vance you will know him because he is a renowned narrator and he's also a member of the union so we'll find out what he thinks are are the great movies of the year Heather give out the websites most definitely we want you to go to be the star you are.com as well as be the star you are.org all right well we'll be right back my name is Cynthia Bryan and I'm Heather Brittany and you're listening to star style be the star you are don't go away Simon Vance is coming the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Low literacy and poor communication skills have been identified in studies as major contributors to general conduct disorders, psychiatric disorders, criminal behavior, and adolescent suicide. To live and prosper in this society, we must be lifelong learners with access to knowledge and skills that can sustain our lives at work, at home, and in our communities. Be the Star You Are 501c3 charity has been working to increase literacy and improve positive message programming since 1999. You can help by making a tax-deductible donation today. Visit www.bethestarur.org. Everybody counts. www.bethestarur.org. Be the lucky star you are. 
Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Be the star you are. You are the star. Pump up your energy and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style. Be the star you are. Hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, the secret to every success lies not in what or even who you know, but in clearly seeing where you want to go. And here at Star Style, Be the Star You Are, we believe you have the power to have it all. And we intend to help you get going in the right direction and keep on going. Thank you for staying with me. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Well, if you love books, and especially audiobooks, if you've listened to audiobooks, chances are you have enjoyed the voice acting of renowned narrator Simon Vance. He is a former BBC presenter from London. He is critically acclaimed narrator of over 700 audiobooks. He's won 47 Audiophile Earphones Awards. He's a 10-time Audi Award recipient, including the 2012 Audi Award for Best Solo Male Narration. And he was named the Golden Voice by Audiophile Magazine and Booklist Magazine named him its first voice of choice. In other words, he's like an Oscar winner. You know, it's like he's won a Golden Globe. Hello, Simon. Welcome to Star Style. Be the star you are. Hi, Cynthia. I'm, uh, I'm blessed I am- now. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you, you are, you have won so many awards and you're just so great at what you do. And I just thrilled that you're joining us. And we're going to talk about all these incredible books that you've done and how you do it and all of that. But I want the listeners to know that, of course, you are also a member of Screen Actors Guild AFTRA. And, and we'll also talk about your acting. I mean, because voice acting is acting and I know you do acting as well. So, what do you think of this new awards, you know, the SAG Award, the 20th uh, SAG Awards that are coming up this weekend? Have you had a chance to vote, or do you know who you're going to be voting for? I've got a pretty good idea. I've, I've, been, uh, I've seen almost all of them. It's really hard when you're given, uh, you know, these lists of nominated movies, and you don't have time to see them all because you feel like you you know, might be leaving something out. And it's hard to say, well, just because everybody else is voting for them, I should vote for them. I need to vote for the ones I, I've seen and loved. And I have to say, the top movie for me right now is Gravity. I love that movie. That, that, did you love favorite. Gravity? Did, yeah. you, did you actually see it in 3D, or did you see it on DVD, or now, how, did, how did you I, see it? I'm not normally a fan of 3D. I think it's overblown. But with Gravity, you, I, I think you had to see it in 3D. I, don't, I haven't yet seen it in 2D, and I don't know what it's like when it's going to come out on the DVD 
because it'll be kind of flattened, but I think it'll still be pretty impressive, and the performances were wonderful. But for me, it was the, just the whole concept of the movie and the way, um, you know, Quaron put together, uh, I don't know how he put together that movie and the way it moved, the way the camera moved, and the whole sense of outer space. Being, um, you know, a kid brought up in the 60s, I, I just love outer space, wanted to be an, a- an astronaut myself, and I think, uh, I think it's one of the things that makes gravity so appealing to me. Didn't you change your mind about wanting to be an astronaut, though, after seeing Gravity? Because I was so, I was actually freaked out. I felt when I saw it, I loved the movie. I thought that um, the acting was, you know, was just superb and, and all of that. But at the same time, I felt claustrophobic. But, of course, you know, he won, the director won for Best Directors uh, at the Golden Globes. And yeah. it's, that was rather interesting because usually, that was Alfonso um, Cuaron, I think is how you pronounce his last name. But yep. in any in any case, usually like best picture, best actor, best actor and and best director kind of go together. But this year the Golden Globes were all over the place. You know, they they really like spread it all out. But, yeah, I think um, that's true. I mean, there's, there's so many there are so many good performances around right now that it's hard. It's not like there's one big blockbuster that that reaps everything. It's uh, it's it spread around. I think it was quite fair what happened. I like that. I did too. I did too. And I'm looking forward to seeing how we as actors vote on our peers because as Heather and I were talking about in the first segment, you know, I would, I marked my list of who I wanted and then I would see like another movie and I would think, oh my goodness, you know, it was, so there were so many, it was really, really, really hard to make a decision, I thought. On, yeah, uh, I, mean, I, I think this. one of the best things about the SAG Awards is, uh, because it's actors for actors, but also uh, there are the little uh, one of the categories is is ensembles. You know, the, the best ensemble, which I think is right. what acting is all about. We don't always act <laughs> gravity allowing. Uh, we don't always act in a vacuum. We act with other actors, and that's the other actors that help make us what we are. That's exactly right, and I think when you see these ensembles, I mean, twelve. They were the interesting thing with that outstanding performance by a cast. They were all so excellent. And one thing I was really excited to see in the Golden Globes, and I don't know what will happen for the Academy Awards, but he was not nominated for the SAG Awards, was I was really happy to see Leo did, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio get a Golden mm. Globe. And it was funny that it was as in a musical or comedy for The Wolf of Wall Street, because I do not think of DiCaprio as a comedic actor. <laughs> no, but I heard great things. That's one I haven't seen yet, but I have heard great things about it. Yeah, but he was great. Well, let's get to you as an actor, as in a voice actor. So over the years, you have done um, well over 700 books. And I'm sure you're always asked what are favorites, but it's like picking your children. But some of some of the best-selling um, performances you've done, you've done The King's Speech, you did Ian Fleming's Casino Royale, you did Help, you did a picture of Dorian Gray, you did all 21 titles of master and commander what was your your background i know that you started on the bbc so why don't you give us an idea of what is a a book narrator what's involved in doing this because after i heard you speak about what you do i thought oh my goodness this Mm. is really hard work this is really hard this is to me is much harder than acting it's a funny thing. I don't know quite, I never quite know how to answer this because it's different for different ages. You know, I grew up 
There was not such a thing as an audiobook narrator. There'd been maybe one or two audiobooks. Uh, you know, Dylan Thomas and that sort of thing had recorded their, their poems or their books and so on. J.R.R. Tolkien had something, but there wasn't something you le- leapt out of bed and said, one day I'm going to be an audiobook narrator. I think what happened for me is that I, I listened to the spoken word a lot. I grew up in England. Radio, uh, there's a very strong uh, radio background in England. Radio 4 is the speech-based network. That happens to be the one I worked for in the 80s as a newsreader and a, a a regular continuity presenter, but even before that, in the 60s, I grew up listening to the radio, listening to the news, listening to stories being told on the radio, listening to comedy programs like The Goons, wonderful shows, Peter Sellers and so on, um, back in those days. And I think those all influenced me to, to play with sound, to play with my voice, to, to you know, I, my father gave me a, I, I say that my father gave me a tape recorder when I was about 11, and I, I, I started making silly noises and silly voices into it, and I've never stopped. It, it's just a joy I have. It's a, there's a sort of a freedom in just using your voice. Now that, over the years, I try to do other things, but I've usually ended up in the studio somehow. And I, as you pointed out earlier, I do do other acting and so on and so forth. So forth. But clearly, um, my strength is in my voice at the moment. And when it came, when I came to California about 20 years ago from England. Uh, I was looking for some work to do outside of theatre. I was doing theatre as well, but theatre doesn't pay very much, and I needed to have a day job. And a friend of a friend introduced me to one of the fledgling audiobook companies. It was the one based in Ashland, Oregon, called Blackstone Audiobooks. I auditioned, and I got work with them. And several of the things you mentioned there, like the uh, Patrick O'Brien's Master and Commander series, I did all the Ian Fleming James Bond books. Those were all done for Blackstone Audiobooks. So I sort of fell into it backwards, if you like. I mean, it wasn't something I thought, I'm going to do this. Nowadays, I think you need to be able to get up and say, I want to be an audiobook narrator. But for me, it was something I sort of slid into sideways. And fortunately, uh, it's one of my strengths. Well, let's talk about the voices, Simon, because, you know, I, I am an author of six books. And so we think, oh, goodness, I could, since I've written the books, I could narrate the books. But the answer is no. What you do when you take a book is you actually create the characters. And so mm-hmm. it's, you have to create voices. How do you remember the voices that you create? Well, let me step back. It's, it's, it's an interpretation of the characters. Yes, the characters are there, but the characters are there already created by, say, Charles Dickens or yourself if you're, you know, make, writing a novel or something like that. Um, so it's my interpretation in the same way, partially the way a, a film actor creates a character from a book as well. Um, how I remember those characters, it's, it's, for me, it's, uh, I tend to hook voices onto mental pictures. So, uh, say for instance in, in Charles Dickens, he fortunately tends to describe his characters quite fully, often before they open their mouths. So you get this description of a large, friendly guy with very loose jowls, and he's a, he's a, you know, he, he's a, he comes from a certain part of the country, so you've got accent. And, and a lot of the work is done for you in that pre-description, and you just, I just launch into what I think that's going to sound like, and 99% of the time it's the voice I stick with. In my head, I, I have that, I may have either that picture exactly like a cartoon of who this character is and the voice comes with it, or his, and another little trick I do is I, I think of an actor who might be portraying this character in the book and I give my interpretation of that actor's voice. So there's, uh, if you remember Alec Guinness, uh, who was a very famous British actor from some years ago. Yeah, a wonderful very, actor. Yeah, and he had a particular way of speaking. And uh, I, funny, I... I can't tend to do it just off the 
off, off the hat like this, but, um, you know, he, I would say, okay, this is my Alec Guinness voice. And so every time this particular character came back, I'd see Alec Guinness walking back into the room, and I'd do my Alec Guinness voice. Now, I'm not a mimic, so nobody could say, oh, there's Simon doing Alec Guinness, or, my God, that sounds like Alec Guinness. But it would help me hook into who that character is and what he sounds like. But do you, you know, when you have a book, Simon, that has numerous characters and maybe characters from other countries for example you did uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo Stig Larson's book first of all you have names that are hard to pronounce and they're you know in different languages basically and they may have accents or whatever do you like to get into those accents do you have to you know do you ever record it and say okay this is this is you know one person's voice and then you can go back to it or do you just remember these in your head with those cues that you gave yourself? Well, a lot of people, different ways have different ways of remembering. And I know um, my colleague Scott Brick will keep voice files on hand when he does a series. Um, and that's something I should absolutely do, but I don't because I'm lazy some of the time. Uh, <laughs> what I will find I do if a book comes back, that I, it's like the second or third in a series, I'll actually go back to the first recording I did and, and track down those voices that I gave it if I don't remember them. Um, in something like A Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, which is set in Sweden, 99% of it, um, it's, I'm not going to give them Swedish accents because in their heads, when they're talking to each other, they don't hear foreign accents. They hear their own accents. Right. Good point. Yeah. What I'm doing is translating it, and in that case, translating it to to England, which is where I come from. And so I'm trying to find the voices that I think they'd have if they were English. You know, so they'd be working class, they'd be middle class, they'd be aristocracy or, or, or the wealthy, or they come from the north of the country, or they come from the south, or they'd be rural. And so the, all those different English accents I translate to the, um, to, to the foreign book. I mean, in the sense, sense that um, a writer wrote in Swedish, but it is translated for me to read in English. So I'm just translating the sounds of the voices to English, too. Now, what's the audition process like for a book? Do you ever meet with the author? Do you talk to him over the phone? Do you submit, you know, a sample of how you would do 10 pages? How does that work? Or do, or now that you're just so renowned and won so many awards, do certain authors or their publishers just decide, hey, Simon Vance is our man? Well, it's all of the above, really. Uh, fortunately, um, I, uh, now that's a good place to be in, right, Simon, yeah, when they ask absolutely. for you personally. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it happens now, um, uh, to a lot of, a lot of narrators, fortunately, but, uh, in the early days, it was down to the, uh, publisher of the audio book. Authors didn't think much about the audio books. The, the, uh, their agents would give the rights to a publisher and the publisher would then cast the book and they would cast it from their, the talent that they know about. Uh, if they weren't sure, they would say, could you send in a couple of pages of this? And in fact, I do remember I started recording the Patrick O'Brien Master and Commander series about 2003, and uh, I was asked by Blackstone, could I read a sample of this battle just to see how I sounded and if I was right for it? Um, so that happens. Uh, there are these days, fortunately, uh, authors who know about me, and they will ask me, uh, you know, can we have Simon Vance? They'll go to their publishers and say, uh, I'd like to have Simon Vance do this. Or, yes, they will say, I don't know who I want, but I want 
to be in on the decision making. These days, it's become much more important to the narrator, to the, to the uh, author to get the right narrator, and they will say, can you send me half a dozen voices? And so, yes, I've, I've had to send voices, uh, samples, into people. Um, unfortunately, what happens, uh, what's happened is that, uh, especially if they're writing a series, I will get called back to do the rest of the series. Uh, so and that's, that's, that's the best place you can possibly be when you oh, yeah. get to do... Two, you know, you get to do both series now, uh, and or the whole, you know, maybe the besides the series, maybe the next book or a friend mm-hmm. of theirs book. Now, did you create a studio in your home or office? Um, you know, technology is so great now. What was necessary for you to create? You know, the studio that you needed. What kind of equipment mm. did you need? Well, it certainly got a lot easier uh, these days than, than it was back then. And, of course, over the years, I've developed, uh, I've got some quite high-level equipment in my studio. Back in the beginning, in 1993, I believe it was, I uh, started in the corner of the garage. Um, I just had a cassette machine uh, that had a sort of stop-start on it, and uh, I put some curtains around the corner of the garage, and I recorded in there. Um, that's we, amazing to think about that that happened there. You didn't have to go into a studio. They didn't make you go in to a professional audio studio and then send it off to well, the publisher? That, that was happening. in If you were in New York or Los Angeles, you did that. Uh, Blackstone Audiobooks used home narrators. And so as long as you could find a quiet environment, and we lived off a side street and the garage was quite far back from the road, so it was quiet and I stopped every time the garbage truck went by. But that was a short <laughs> period. And it slowly stepped up from that, you know, corner of a bedroom, a closet. And then I invested in a single wall studio, a six by four thing. There are companies out there that make these like voice booth and so on or vocal booth. And, um, and you can purchase these things and uh, install them in your house. And uh, so that's, that's where I'm at now. And I've upgraded from, I think I started on a $50 Shaw microphone. This is 20 years ago. Um, I've now got the, uh, the U87, the top of the range sort of vocal microphone. So it's a little more expensive now. But there is, it's, there's a balance here, and it is possible to begin with a cheaper microphone. They're talking now like $200, uh, $250 for a microphone. And the software... I use a, a particular kind of software which can cost $100 or more, but there is a kind that uh, is, is free that you can use called Audacity. Um, all these, the technical side of it has become much, much easier, but the craft, the ability, the thing you have to learn to be able to do it is every bit as hard as it ever was. And so just sort of saying, as I've seen recently on, on, online, there was somebody going around saying, ah, you know, anybody can be an audiobook narrator. You just need a $50 microphone and a free, free software and you can do it. Well, on a technical level, yes, but from an ability level, that's a lot more involved. Yeah, it absolutely is. And all I have to do is spend two minutes with you to find out or to listen to one of your books on <laughs> the, on audiobook, and they'll know that this is definitely for a professional. Well, I want you to stay with us if you don't mind. We're going to come right back after the break. You're going to find out more about Simon Vance and his books and any favorites that he might have and what's coming up and also a little bit about his on-camera acting and other acting that he has done. So my name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Stay. I'll be the star you are, and we'll be right back. Don't go away. Simon Vance will be back with us. Change your world. Change your life. 
VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Do you know how to soar in sales and personal success? Well, first you have to learn from the people who have done what you want to do, not from those who just talk about it. When leading others, always be aware of their weaknesses, but speak to their strengths. People will improve when you improve. Adversity will build or break you. It strips away your veneer and uncovers the real person. Developing your personal library of books is a secret to long-time success. Books are like borrowed heroes. It's like doing a brain transplant from their brain into yours. Plan to keep learning and keep living right up until the end. Thomas Edison was asked when he was going to retire, and he said, the day before the funeral, remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another business fight from Star Style. For more information on coaching, visit star-style.com or call 925-377-STAR. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. We know you have a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. There's always detours, but that's where we come in right here every week with you on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, bringing you the authors, the experts, and books that inspire, entertain, and motivate you. We want to help you ignite your power and shoot for the stars. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, and our guest for today truly is a success expert. He is the acclaimed narrator of over 700 audiobooks. He's also a voice actor and an actor actor. And not so long ago, he worked in the television CBS series Criminal Minds. It's Simon Vance. Hello again, Simon. Thank you for staying with us. So how was it going? I, I know that you've been acting and doing the voice thing for a long time, but you know when you actually have to use your whole body and use the whole experience, how was that working on Criminal Minds? Well, it's interesting you should say I used my whole body. I did. I got murdered and lay on the floor wearing women's <laughs> underwear. Make it. <laughs> oh, my God. Isn't yeah. that crazy when you get, have to get murdered? Because really you have to learn how to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, fortunately, it wasn't entirely on camera. I was, um, it, it was an episode a couple of weeks before Christmas on, on the air, and uh, I, I was basically sitting with my wife. She went to make popcorn. She screamed. I went after her. At which point, as I was walking into the kitchen, they stopped the camera. They swapped me out for a, a stunt double, and then they started filming again, and the guy ran and banged me over to the floor, and, and that was it. And the next time I'm seeing the cast of, uh, you know, the main detectives and so on are standing around me going, hmm, naked in women's <laughs> underwear, the same M.O. as before. So it was interesting. 
<laughs> but it's it's very fun. It's, it really is fun, though, to play those kind of parts, isn't it? I mean, if, mm. do you enjoy all phases of the acting experience from doing the book narration, sovers, as well as, you know, acting in TV shows or commercials or industrials? Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I came over here uh, 20 years ago thinking, uh, you know, I'll do more acting. Maybe I'll get into screen acting because I was doing theater over there as well as the BBC. Uh, but I ended up in San Francisco because that's where my then wife's family were living and which not a lot of film stuff going on. I did a bunch of Nash Bridges. I don't know if you remember that series with Don Johnson on CBS. Yeah, I, I was, I worked in uh, Nash Bridges as well. And, you know, unfortunately we haven't had a series, but we do have looking and let's hope it gets picked up again. Yeah. That's right, yes. Well, I did about five episodes of that, and then there was not much going on, I, and I focused totally on audiobooks, because at that part time, it was really building up, and I thought, I can't afford to be flying off elsewhere and doing other things. So um, I did audiobooks, and then it's just last September, my kids are just old enough, my, my youngest has gone off to college, and I thought, I can do my own thing, so I'll go down to L.A. So I'm speaking to you now from Los Angeles, and uh, I decided to, to look around and do some casting director workshops, and I, that's when I hooked up with Criminal Minds, my first audition, which was very good, and uh, it was fun. So I, I do enjoy every aspect of it. I think the worst part of it was for this being pummeled to death. I had to wear these these things on my face, you know, bruises and built up bits and pieces of plastic were glued on my face. So I looked really gruesome, um, and I didn't really enjoy taking those off. <laughs> well, and also, I think what people don't realize is when you have to have those prosthetics or you have to have that kind of makeup, how long it takes. You're sitting in the chair for hours to get all of that done, and then the removal, as you said. Well, it's the whole, be- the whole filming process. I mean, I'm, I was in for maybe a minute on screen. Well, not even that, I should think, but it was a whole day. I was there, so and the first hour and a half, two hours were spent in the chair having those prosthetics attached and bruises marked all over my body. Yeah, it's, it is. That really is amazing. But that is the acting, you know, that is the acting world. We're speaking with Simon Vance, and his website is simonvance.com. He is a voice actor, an actor, and w- as well as a narrator for audiobooks and has won unbelievable amount of awards. And I'm sure you've heard him in one book or another along the way. So tell us what you're doing right now. And if there's something that's, you know, that you can talk about that's kind of exciting that's coming up. Yeah, fortunately, nothing that's uh, embargoed as far as I know right now. That that does happen. I did a um, biography of Rod Stewart, and I wasn't allowed to talk about that until it came out. That was a sort of year ago or so. Right now, I'm actually sitting in my studio as I talk to you, and I have in front of me, halfway through the book, uh, The Story of Music. It's nonfiction. It's the based on the TV series. I think Howard Goodall did it. Uh, I don't know if it's shown on PBS yet, but that's the story of music. And the thing about this, it's nonfiction, which I usually, usually, uh, I am enjoying, but I usually enjoy more. This one, though, is only 300 pages, but it has 1,000 pronunciations. Uh, I have a guide here of a list of all the names and the words that I have to make sure I get right, foreign musical terms and so on and so forth. So that's a, that's a bit of a burden for this one, but it's a, it's a wonderful book. And in a week I'm doing, uh, there's a new one by Camilla Lechberry. Um, she's a, she's a Swedish writer. Um, and she does a murder mysteries and that's coming out or I don't know when that's coming out, but I'm going to be reading that next week. And then, <coughs> excuse me, shortly after that, uh, there's a, a French author called Tatiana Dorone who's doing a book called The Other Place. That's her new one, and that's coming out in a month or two. So I'm recording that. So I'm, I'm actually pretty busy right now, which is good. But you've been busy. I mean, this whole 
Last year, as we've spoken and we've been in contact, you've, you have been swamped with work, which is the dream of every actor, no matter what you're involved in, is that you're actually a working actor. You know, and you just said something about this, uh, the thousand words that you're, you're going to have to understand. What's the time frame? What is it like? You know, how long does it take you, if you have a 300-page book, does it depend on how challenging the characters, the words, what it is, how long does it take you to put this all together? And do you have to do the editing and, you know, and make it, make it a perfect book? No, I, let's see if I can do this in brief. No, the book comes in, um, hopefully with a couple of weeks before I actually have to put it in the studio and I get a chance to read it through, whether it's non-fiction or fiction. It's more important that it's fiction because you need to know how the story progresses, who the bad guys are, who the good guys are, get some idea of the relationship between the people and how the story is paced. So that's very important to read that. With non-fiction, not so important. You can, I can often sight read them, uh, without too much trouble. This is a little harder because I'm presented with a lot of pronunciations on each page that I need to get right. So, um, what there was some complication with this one because the list of pronunciations came in a in a slightly weird order. And what I like to do is to be able to read the page. Soon as I see the pronunciations coming up, I can check them on my list with page number and so on and so forth. And, and things weren't in order, so I've had to put a bit of work in getting the pronunciations in order so that I can sit here with the script in front of me right now and the pronunciations off stuck on the wall to my right numbered by uh, by page number. Um, so that's the process. When I've recorded, and I record, uh, there are two different ways. One is punch and roll, where you record. If you make a mistake, you jump back in the recording and you drop your voice into the last gap that's in the recording, um, and you, you carry on. Or you just carry on, you make a mistake, but you pick up again immediately, beginning of the sentence again, and you do the editing afterwards. That's That's the way I work, but... I still need someone, someone still needs to go through it and listen to the whole thing to make sure I got all the words in the right order um, and as they're written. And uh, that is done by somebody assigned, an engineer assigned by the publisher. They put in, uh, you know, a lot of hours just listening through and then they make lists of where things have gone wrong. And sometimes I only get a few for a whole book and sometimes I get a lot, uh, depending on how complex the book was and, and whether I was sleeping while I read or not. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they get them back. I do the corrections. I send those to the engineer, and he puts them in, or she. No, this is fairly recently that audiobooks has come under contracts with Screen Actors Guild, AFTRA, and I was really surprised at how. I mean, you really have to be good at this to actually make any money doing it. Otherwise, I think amateurs it could take forever to do, and you wouldn't you wouldn't end up making very much money. I mean, it seems like. It really is. You have to put in a lot of effort. Have you have yeah. obviously uh, you have mastered this? You have mastered yeah. the system. There's a, there's a bone of contention a little bit here because um, yes, it's true. You do, and I think you, we've seen the same thing in, in voiceovers. There are people on the internet who will say this is easy. Anybody can do it, and there's these pay-to-play places that are taking money from people, and the jobs are going for fifteen dollars, or twenty dollars, or thirty dollars. And a similar thing is creeping into the audiobooks. There is a, a ACX exchange run by Audible, which invites invita- uh, auditions from absolutely anyone, but it pays out on a royalty basis. So if you don't do a very good job, the book's not going to sell, and you can spend 
hours. I mean, uh, uh, there are people who are beginners who will spend six, eight, ten hours for each hour of audio. And you can imagine on a ten-hour book, that's a lot of work to end up with pennies. And I see this a lot uh, around now where people are saying, oh, yes, come and do audiobooks. It's easy. All you have to do is this, as I mentioned earlier, you know, a $50 microphone, a free bit of software, and anybody can do it. And it, it's, I'm afraid it's, it's playing on people's dreams. I don't want to stop anyone who loves books from doing this because it's a wonderful job. If you love reading, definitely, you know, it's worth the work. But I do think it's wrong to invite people in who, who just think it's a way of making money because there's much more involved than that. Well, you know, I think it's like anything. When it sounds easy or looks easy, people think it's easy, but <laughs> yes. it really takes a great master. Think about people Olympics or think about the players in the Super Bowl or, you know, or, or as we're talking about the Screen Actors Guild Award or the Golden Globes or the Academy Awards, these wonderful actors that make yeah. it seem so simple. It has taken years and years and years of lots of hard work and hard knocks so you have to be really good i always think ice skating is so gosh they make it look so easy and do these triple things and i know during the holidays i was ice skating and it was not easy <laughs> no no and i have to say you know I'm, i come down here and I'm, I'm i'm acting but I'm, I'm taking classes all the time and people say well acting's easy you just have to be yourself it's one of the hardest things in the world to just be yourself in front of the camera i mean it really yeah. is and that is the hardest thing. In fact, most auditions, you know, when they say, tell me about yourself, that is where even accomplished actors mess up because mm -hmm. when it, when you really have to be who you are, it's more difficult actually than, than reading a script. Now, I wanted to ask you, since you have to do so many books and read so many books for work, in your free time, do you actually still enjoy reading or listening to books or would you rather to be doing something completely different? Most of the time I've been doing uh, you know, something completely different, but, but connected. But the funny thing is just now, because I'm down in Los Angeles and I've been driving down from San Francisco and going back occasionally, um, I've actually picked up uh, an audiobook. I'm listening to my colleague Grover Gardner's uh, recording of Titan by Ron Chernow, the uh, biography of um, John D. Rockefeller, and it's 35 hours, so it fills a lot of time. And I love listening to it. I haven't listened to an audiobook in ages. Um, on the other hand, sitting in bed, I went through Neil Gaiman's Sandman graphic comic series recently because it had pictures, and that's so much easier. It's, um, yeah, it was, that was fun. Do you find <laughs> that with your British accent that you... Uh, you Get, I mean, it puts you in a niche, you know, by yourself. Do you get more work because of your voice quality or specific roles, especially for your acting? I think it's a little harder um, because in the American market, most of them are American thrillers. Um, there's so much out there. Um, I get, well, you can tell, I've got the Swedish, Camilla Lechberry coming in a week or so. I've got a French uh, author, Tatiana Derone. Um, the story of music is by a British author, so that's probably why I was chosen. So I tend to get the more exotic, but there's, there's, there's a great deal of work uh, around, but I think I, I wish... Yeah, I wish I was Scott Brick sometimes because he's, he's just the top American narrator in the country and, and he gets all these wonderful Brad Metzler thrillers and so on. Um, must be most exciting to be able to do those too. But, um, no, I, I, I don't know that it's, I, I think it was really good a few years ago because there were all the Charles Dickens and Anthony Trollops and a lot of the classics, but they've been done so many times and I've done them as well. Um, there aren't so many of those around. So we're waiting now on, new authors producing new stuff, and uh, that's, I think the bulk of that is American, or seems to be. 
Do you have certain authors or books that you have targeted that you would think, gee, I would really like to work on these? Uh, I don't, uh, no, I, I, and the thing is I'm not, I'm not out there looking, uh, because as you said, because I don't, I don't know what the new books are that are coming out. I think if I were more active, I had more time. But unfortunately, this is extremely time-consuming. I might do a little more of that kind of research. One of the things that I think some of the new people coming into the industry, uh, there's a couple of people I'm thinking who are doing a lot of production for ACX, they are they are doing a lot of research and finding out what authors are selling best that haven't been done yet, and they are hooking into those and pulling them in. And that's a good way to work. For me, I do. I, I tend to... Uh, I've been able to sit back and let the publishers send books to me, so I haven't had to be as outgoing and progressive. There are a couple of people, I can't think of the name right now, but there was a fellow who did some great, wonderful books in the 80s, and I've often thought I might suggest those to a publisher if, if they haven't been done yet. Well, they haven't been done but yet. Now, but now, you don't have to go through an agent, whereas for your acting for television or commercials or that, you have an agent that probably submits you, but with the voice acting for the narration, the publishers are contacting you directly. That's right. Well, I've been around for so long that they pretty much all know me and um, do come to me. And there aren't that many agents around, if any, who will work for audiobooks. I have an agent, but he's happy to let me do my own thing with audiobooks because actually I don't think there's that much money. When you think of the amount of time it takes to record and the amount of money we make, their 10% or whatever is is not going to be uh, a huge amount given no and it's probably not worth them trying to negotiate you know anything plus you can just do it yourself i mean they're coming for you well simon let's give out your website again it's simonvance.com be looking for him on television we hope that he won't die in his next series (laughs) (laughs) and of course whenever you get an audiobook look for simon's name on it because if it's a british accent most likely it is simon simon it's been just a pleasure to have you here on the air with us on Star Style Be The Star You Are and good luck for your future I don't think you need it you're so established you're doing so well and uh, I hope you have fun voting in the SAG Awards and watching yeah. them and um, there should be there should be a SAG Award for book narration maybe that's coming we'll work I think, towards that <laughs> well, we'll have to work on that well yeah. thank you again Simon for being uh, being with us today and thank all of you listeners allowing me into your life every week make sure you are tuned in to star style be the star you are every wednesday four to five on the voice america empowerment channel we want to be your personal growth success coaches we want to bring you these experts from around the world who can really change your life and they entertain and inform and and uh, challenge you to be the best you can be if you're interested in knowing more about the charity be the star you are literacy charity and positive media that brings you this show. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, amuse, and motivate. And until next week, when we celebrate again, remember, love always wins, kindness prevails, and smiles will keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Pick up a book by Simon Vance as a narrator. Ship for the stars and make this the best year ever. Thanks for joining me. Be the star you are. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the star. Be the star you are. Keep caring. 
It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.